When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Brian and Trickin. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. I am your host, Brian and Trickin, a.k.a. Casey Bubba. You can find me on the Twitter at BDentrick, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. Hope you all enjoyed a great Wednesday of action, full day of baseball, and I'm here to recap the news, notes, and more from your Wednesday and get you ready for Thursday, June 1st, baseball action. Yes, we are already into June, folks. But let's recap your Wednesday on the Diamond. Some more news on Harrison Bader. Already talked about the hamstring injury, sending him to the IL. On yesterday's episode, there's more information now. It's a low-grade hamstring injury. And he'll be out just hopefully just a couple of weeks, maybe like three weeks. So not a severe injury, but Vader will miss a little bit of time for the Yankees. Don't worry, though, because Giancarlo Stanton, Josh Donaldson, Tommy Canley are all flying to L.A. for this weekend series against the Dodgers. Expect them all to be activated in a few days. So Stanton will slide right back into the outfield where the Yankees help is needed. Michael Conforto is day to day with a bruised left heel. He um, heard it uh, running out a, to first base on Tuesday. Wednesday came in feeling in worse pain than usual. So he had an MRI and x-rays. They all came back clean. He is still day-to-day. Hopefully he'll be ready for Friday's action against the Orioles. This one stinks. Riley Green, we talked about likely going to the AL after he left with a leg injury on a Tuesday. He has a stress fracture in his left tibia. That is not good. There's no timetable for his return. It's basically just like, don't put any pressure on it and let it heal and then go from there and re, 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 <laughs> rehab the whole situation. So Riley Green's going to miss some time for the Tigers. The Tigers called up Jake Marisnik to fill his spot on the roster. The Anaheim Angels are targeting Anthony Rendon to return next week during their homestand. So if you are an Anthony Rendon manager, you should be getting your third baseman back sometime next week. This one is a bummer. Justin Steele, who had a great second half last season. I loved him for fantasy this year was pitching great, even with the two-pitch mix people said could not be successful. Well, he left Wednesday's start with a left forearm tightness. That is not good, folks. That usually leads to bad things. So let's hope that he's going to have an MRI on Thursday. Let's hope for the best on that one. Speaking of MRIs, Alec Bohm of the Philadelphia Phillies went to get an MRI on his injured hamstring. It's just been bugging him and nagging him and not getting any better. So he's getting an MRI, and the severity or the results of the MRI will determine if he needs an IL stent or not. It seems like if you read through the tea leaves and some of the the um, the beat writers' tweets that uh, an IL stent is probably coming, but you never know. Let's see what the MRI uh, says, and we get more information on Thursday. And this one's great. Aaron Hicks, who we all laughed like the Orioles signed Aaron Hicks when Cedric Mullins went to the IL. Well, Aaron Hicks made his Orioles debut on Wednesday, and he left Wednesday's game with muscle cramps. You can't make this stuff up, folks. It literally writes itself. Wander Franco sat out Wednesday's game after he dinged up his shoulder sliding into home plate on Tuesday. Rays have a day off on Thursday. They're expecting him back and good to go on Friday, hoping 
cross your fingers that Wander doesn't miss any more time. The struggles of Anthony Rizzo is a pain in all of our necks, not just his now. He missed Wednesday's game after supposedly being back on Monday. He's missed his third straight game with the neck injury, but we do have a silver lining here. Anthony Rizzo took batting practice, and he fielded ground balls. He, so he basically did a whole pregame warm-up. Looks like he'll be back at the beginning of the next series. So he'll be back very, very soon. Uh, Carlos Rodon, there's a lot of Yankees news today. Carlos Rodon will throw his third bullpen since his latest setback. So that's a plus. He'll throw it on Friday. And if all goes well, they might actually have a plan in place to get him back to a full rehab and back with the team, barring more setbacks for Carlos Rodon. And Jorge Polanco, the Minnesota Twins, will return from the IL on Thursday. This is good news. as He did, he missed just a limited amount of time with that hamstring injury. Edward Julian, back to AAA. He's, he's got that trip back and forth real good right now. So Polanco back. Julian back to AAA. Let's talk about some hitting highlights from your Wednesday. Shohei Otani, he homered on Tuesday. He went two for three with two home runs on Wednesday. Three runs scored, four RBIs and a walk for big Shohei. It's been a slow year, slow year for a guy that people have high expectations on, hitting 269 with 15 home runs and seven stolen bases. That's still fine. He's pitching great. Uh, it's just not the elite, elite stuff we, we saw last year and that people were expecting this year. Trout went deep in that game. The Angels had a lot of fun against Lance Lynn, who's been pitching really well of late, and he took a step back, and the Angels took advantage of that, including Shohei Otani, two-home run game. Heimer Condelario, I've been talking about him a bunch on different podcasts and articles and whatnot. He's uh, He went two for three with a run scored, three RBIs, two walks, and a stolen base and a home run on Wednesday. Candelario is now hitting 265 with seven home runs, 25 runs scored, and 25 RBIs on the season with a 196 ISO. Those numbers don't jump off the page, but on a Nationals team, A, that's not going to score a ton of runs. That's great. And their offense has been better of late. I will say that much. But the Candyman, uh, we saw good production a couple of years ago in Detroit. He's a pretty solid hitter, decent power, not exceptional power, but decent power. And, you know, as a, as a late corner infielder or a third baseman, if you just punted the position, Candelario is very solid. He's on a lot of waiver wires right now if you're looking for some help. So don't sleep on the Candyman. That goes along with his teammate, C.J. Abrams, went deep. Luis Garcia is playing well. There's a lot to like at the time. Lane Thomas right now with the Washington Nationals. Josh Naylor, he woke up. He woke up on Wednesday, and so did all of the Cleveland Guardians, and so did the Orioles in that game. There's just a lot of runs scored, period, in that game. But Josh Naylor went four for five with two doubles, a home run, three runs scored, six RBIs, and a stolen base. It's a combo meal with all the runs and RBIs. It was absolutely glorious for Josh Naylor, who's now hitting 251 on the season with eight home runs, four stolen bases, and 40 RBIs. He's been quite productive, actually, all things considered. He has a 192 ISO, and he's only striking out 17.4% of the time, so pretty solid stuff there from Josh Naylor. Uh, it was funny. Josh Bell went deep as well on Wednesday, and it was his first run he has scored in over a month. It is bad. It is bad for Josh Bell. Josh Naylor is the man to have at first base in Cleveland, and he had a big game. I think there's more of these to come. If you look at the underlying metrics with Josh uh, Naylor, there's things pointing in the right direction in a big, big way. For more details on the day's top hitters, make sure you check out the Daily Batters box on PitcherList.com. We had some gems pitched on Wednesday. George Kirby led the way. Eight innings pitched, no runs, three hits, zero walks. We're back to that and seven strikeouts. Kirby struggled. In his last outing against Pittsburgh, his first bad start of the season, um, and he bounced back in a humongous way. He had 10 whiffs, a 34% CSW for Kirby on 95 pitches. 
this was Kirby's ninth quality start in 11 starts this season. Before his last start against Pittsburgh, he had eight straight quality starts. He's been great. He has a 3.04 ERA and a 3.77 XFIP on the season for George Kirby. Again, not walking many guys at all. Strikeouts could be higher, but all in all, the ratios, just the consistency has been outstanding from George Kirby and the Seattle Mariners. Louis Varland, the man that kind of gets lost in the, the prospect uh, pickups, he, he came up around the same time as Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen. And it's like people like, oh, man, I didn't get the two Cleveland guys. Well, I got Louis Varland. Okay. Well, Louis Varland's been darn good, like really, really good. And on Wednesday, he did it again. Seven innings pitched, no earns, four hits, one walk, five strikeouts against the Houston Astros for Louis Varland. He had 13 lifts of 31% CSW on 86 pitches. That's outstanding, 86 pitches and seven shutout innings. For Mr. Varland, he now has a 3.51 ERA and a 3.68 xFIP in seven starts. And Varland has five quality starts in those seven starts. He's been outstanding. He's keeping up with the uh, with the Bybees and the the Allens and company, and it's been very very impressive. Last but not least, I wrote I wrote about Braxton Garrett in my uh, daily matchups article on Wednesday, and it was uh, a beautiful thing. Braxton Garrett, five and a third innings, one earned, two hits, one walk, seven more strikeouts for Garrett. He had 14 whiffs and an insane 42% CSW on 78 pitches. And this is big boy stuff because Garrett got hung out to dry in his first start in May. Just, they left him out there. He gave up 11 runs in like four or five innings. They just, kept, they just left him out there for dead. It was rough. It was rough to watch. I felt we all felt for him. A lot of people were tweeting about it. It's a bad deal. He's a much better pitcher than that. And he's proved it now. Since that 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 outing, his last five starts, he's thrown 27 innings now, eight earned runs, seven walks, and 32 strikeouts. Garrett is very, very good. And he's he's talked about. I'm not gonna say he's not talked about, but everyone likes to talk about Yuri Perez and what's wrong with Sandy Alcantara and so on and so forth. But Braxton Garrett is doing pretty big boy. He might be the ace of the staff right now that we all contrast pitching. And that's that's saying a lot about Braxton Garrett. Make sure you tune into the Plus Pitch Podcast with Nick Pollock and read his daily SP roundup to get caught up on all things starting pitching. We had a few interesting saves on Wednesday. Jalen Beeks of the Tampa Bay Rays picked up his first save of the season. And people go, what? You've been telling us Jason Adams. Well, yeah, this is what the Rays do, folks. Jason Adams pitched in the eighth inning in a very high leverage situation to keep the game in the race favor. And Jalen Beeks came in and picked up the save. This is still Jason Adams role while Peter Fairbanks is out. Guys will sneak in there. The Rays are good at this, but it's still Jason Adams deal. And you got to expect it from time to time that high leverage he'll sneak out and do that. Another interesting one, Hunter Harvey. I've mentioned his name a few times throughout the season. He picked up his third save of the year for the Washington nationals pitching the eighth and the ninth he pitched two innings to pick up that save. It was very interesting because Kyle Finnegan, who's been up and down all season, pitched the seventh in this game. And that technically could have been a high leverage situation. I'm not sure. But I usually don't picture high leverage as always being a seventh, especially when Hunter Harvey pitched two innings. That was the part that surprised me. You think he would have kind of put some other guys there and seen how it went. But, uh, yeah, very interesting stuff. Hunter Harvey's third save. That's the guy I want on that team. I have a ton of draft and holds. I'm hoping Kyle Finnegan gets traded at some point in time. And it's Harvey's role for the rest of the season. Uh, it could be a nice stash if you're looking to you know look for saves down the road. Hunter Harvey would be a dude I'd be looking at. And then uh, Diaz had the night off for Cincinnati. He's been working a lot of innings so far for Cincinnati. So Buck Farmer, that Buck Farmer, picked up his first save of the season to the surprise of so, so many. Make sure you read the Daily Reliever Ranks article on PitcherList.com to get more help on all your relief pitching needs. All right, before we take a quick look at Thursday's action on the diamond, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Fads come and go, 
and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. And welcome back, everybody, to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. I am your host, Brian Intrigan, a.k.a. KC Bubba. Before we look at Thursday, let's get a quick look at the weather from the one, the only, Mark Paquette. Thanks, Brian. A pretty light schedule for a Thursday, even for a Thursday. It's light, I should say. And we'll have no weather issues, so that's good news. Play everyone you got. Back to you. As always, Mark, thank you so much for the look ahead to the weather and luckily, we have not had any postponements in a long, long time. So let's hope that thing keeps on rolling. DFS-wise, you have a four-game early slate starting at like 105, 110 p.m. Eastern, and a three-game evening slate. It's a, it's a light Thursday schedule, as you'd expect. So I'm just going to talk about the four-game early slate, the bigger slate. Um, I like to see for bats, you could just stack the Arizona-Colorado game. That's what I'm looking at. You have um, Arizona versus Chase Anderson. That's always fun. And then Colorado's going up against Zach Davies. So those are two. I would really look to have some fun with on this slate. You can look, there's a couple other spots here and there, but the main ones I'm looking at is Arizona and Colorado game stack in that, that one. And then pitching wise, Kevin Gossman going against Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers strike out a ton. So I'd like to see the ace, Kevin Gossman, get it done on that one. And then Joe Musgrove. I've been uh, pounding the desk to, for people to be patient with Joe Musgrove. You know, he, he pitched a lot of spring, but then he broke his, actually missed a lot of spring, broke his toe, uh, weightlifting. So go figure. And so since he's come back, like he had a couple of rehab starts, but he's getting back in the groove, doing his thing. Looked great his last outing in the Bronx. In the Bronx. Looked very, very good. So I think he's starting to get back into Joe Musgrove form. Gets the Miami Marlins on Thursday. It'd be a great test to see if he can uh, go back-to-back really strong starts and get our fantasy hopes up for the rest of the season. Some things I'm looking forward to on your Thursday. Uh, that I mentioned Gossman already against Milwaukee. He's going up against Freddie Peralta. Peralta was having a pretty good season, got hit around recently. So I'm looking forward to seeing Peralta versus Gossman in that matchup. Toronto's kind of had it easy lately uh, in some of these these games, except Tehran shut him down through a quality start with zero strikeouts on Wednesday. That's back-to-back great Tehran starts. That's a whole other podcast in itself. Mine, I can't wait to hear what Nick has to say about Julio Tehran because – it's bewildering. It's befuddling. Like there's a, m- a million words you can try to think of of what's going on with Tehran. But I want to see Peralta versus Gosman. Kind of nice little pitching duel in, in the daytime. Mentioned Joe Musgrove. I really, really want to see Joe Musgrove in his start against Miami. Can he build off that success in the Bronx? That's something I'm, that I'm keeping my eye really close on. Um, Hunter Green talked about him recently on this show. He had those four starts in May, three in Great American Small Park, one in Colorado, just got destroyed. His strikeouts are still there, though. That's the plus. That's the good thing you want to see. Got destroyed, though. Went on the road, pitched outstanding Wrigley Field. Had like a six-inning no-hit going. Struck out like 12 guys. He was just feasting on Chicago. 
Now he gets to go into Boston in Fenway Park in a matchup that just has seen Blake Lively. I always say that. Ben Lively pitched very, very well. Um, Luke Weaver wasn't bad. He gave up a couple of runs, but he was getting strikeouts as well. I'm really curious to see what Hunter Green can do in Boston against the Red Sox. On the flip side, you got Chris Sale. Chris Sale's been pitching really, really well. Each start, it seems like the velocity comes up, gets hit around a little bit here and there, but he's looking more and more like the Chris Sale of old. So Green versus Sale could be a fun one. Two guys throwing some gas on the mound. Lots of fun, and that's a night and evening game. And then last but not least, you know me. There's a prospect on the mound. We talking about it. It's Tanner Bybee time. Tanner Bybee takes the bump on Thursday night, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, he's been outstanding. A lot of these prospects have been really good. Some of them have not, obviously, but some of these, you know, Bybee, Al, we talked about Louis Varlin already, and a few, like Taj Gibson, I think, still doing pretty darn good. Bobby Miller's been good. Bryce Miller's been good. Yuri Perez has been good. It's amazing, all these young pitchers here. So it's Tanner Bybee time on Thursday. Give him, him the stage to himself. I'm pretty sure I'll have to triple check after the show. I think he's the only prospect, the big prospects we're talking about going on Thursday. So I'm very much looking forward to that. That'll do it, folks. Another episode of the First Pitch Podcast in the books. Make sure you all go to PitcherList.com. Go check out PL Plus and PL Pro. You will not regret it. Get the end of the Discord. Get to the PLV tool, the pitcher bot, much, much more at PitcherList.com. But I'll be back with you guys tomorrow to recap Thursday and preview a monster, monster Friday slate as always. But for now, this was the First Pitch Podcast Thursday. April 1st edition. Hope you all have a great day. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.